welcome to today's episode. I am speaking with Amber O'Hara today, brainchild of Business of Balayage, salon owner and creator of House of Collaboration. Amber currently works behind the chair at her salon in Mission Viejo, California. It's called Gold and Braid, and it is a beautiful specimen of a large pumping salon. She's going to talk to us today about her journey into the industry and how it has transformed over the years and what she does in the salon for self-care for her and her stylists. I'm so glad you could join me today. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the India Dunn & Company podcast. And today I have the amazing and inspirational Amber O'Hara. And in the introduction, I gave them a little bit of who you are and where you work and your history, but I would love it if you gave that to them in your own words. Thank you. Welcome. I'm so excited to be here. So my name is Amber O'Hara. I am a hairdresser. I work behind the chair. I also educate and I own Golden Braid in Mission Viejo, California. So I love our industry and I love working behind the chair. And how long have you owned Golden Braid now? So it was a year in August, so right. a little over a year. Okay. <clears throat> and your history in the industry, how long? In the industry. Yeah, how long have you been? So I've been in the industry for about 20 years. I went to beauty school when I was 16. Wow. I dropped out of high school and knew that I wanted to go to beauty school. So that's what I did. And luckily enough, I met some really great people who mentored me and kind of showed me um, a really successful path in the beauty industry, which I've been so grateful and lucky to follow. So I assisted, I started in Hollywood and Beverly Hills. Um, I worked with a lot of celebrity clients. My boss was a pretty big celebrity stylist. Wow. We did a lot of movie sets, um, a lot of, you know, just musicians, celebrities coming in the salon. And then I quickly realized that that was not the scene for me. I saw my boss kind of struggle with that and um, just all the expectations that come along with that high level Mm -hmm. of stress. Right. So I moved back to South Orange County and um, I really was very clear on the fact that I wanted to build a loyal clientele. So I focused on that. I focused on education and... And Amber, um, just out of curiosity, what was it that made, like, was it somebody that gave you that drive or was it something that you just knew um, from the experience that you had that you wanted to build a loyal clientele, that that was the avenue that you wanted to take into our industry? So I think it was seeing my boss at the time and how um, much turnover there was in the like celebrity and music industry as far as colorists. Mm -hmm. They always want to go to the next best thing. Right. And the next best hairdresser. And it just felt very like false to me. And I just wanted to build more of the relationships with my clients and see them regularly and get to know them and kind of add a little more value to their life than maybe just seeing them one time and then they're on to the next best thing. Mm -hmm. And would you say that um, you enjoy the relationships and that that's kind of part of why you like being in this industry? Oh, definitely. I mean, it's, it's the driving force behind why I love to be behind the chair. Right. Yeah. Very powerful. So 
Yeah. So that was kind of how I, I changed course and wanting to, you know, build this loyal fo- following or, you know, clientele. And, and then I just worked and built my clientele and got really involved in education. And then years later was able to um, start a company, the business of balayage I co-founded and right, right. really uh, be able to kind of share my passion and inspiration for hair painting and balayage and education and, and meet thousands of hairdressers all over the U S. So mm, including fun. me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That can segue into how we know each other and and what an amazing opportunity that was for me to work with you and your team. Um, And then, you know, to be able to, uh, to go through the transition of you buying the salon and and seeing, um, you know, that from the, the thick of it being really involved, um, watching you build this has just been incredible and, and really inspiring. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I just see your love of it, you know, really going into the business. Thank you. What was that transition like for you when you knew that uh, that the direction that you had taken was going to change so drastically? So I think when I realized that it was time for me to sell my shares of the business that I started and I loved so much and was so passionate about, I definitely had a lot of grief surrounding Mm -hmm. it. It wasn't an easy process. I did a lot of work, a lot of, you know, talks with you, a lot of writing, a lot of talks with Nina, my business coach, Mm -hmm. a lot of support from my husband and just really being okay with letting that part of my life go because it was such a huge part of my identity and what I thought was supposed to be my life. And, um, so I wouldn't say it was like a pretty transition. There was definitely some messiness involved as there is Um, always should be, I think (laughs) for any good transition. (laughs) Yes. Little, little messy. And, um, but I just kind of continued to trust the universe, trust, you know, what other people were telling me, trust what Mm -hmm. you were telling me that this, you know, there were, other opportunities out there and as a result it's like this next kind of step of my life has just fallen into place which is Mm. salon owner you know my business partner and I bought an empty salon and was terrifying but what we found is we really were able to like build the culture that we want from the ground up and I love my salon I love going in there I love my team I love my manager I love the space. I love our clients. I mean, special space for me. So, and that's incredible, you know, for, for them as well, because how many, you know, hairdressers are always seeking an environment that is conducive to them being the best they can be behind the chair and in their personal lives as well, because I know knowing you and, and how you live your life. Um, what you're encouraging them to do is very different than what other salon owners would be encouraging their stylists to do Um, Mm -hmm. and how you, you know, train them and the education that you offer them. Um, You know, do you ever think about uh, what that, you know, curriculum could be for, for a salon um, for other people to take that into their, into their businesses? Yeah, no, I've definitely thought of that. And I mean, I think that's the number one thing that salon owners struggle with is 
providing like the education and the inspiration and not knowing how to do that Mm -hmm. and how to, you know, it's like as a business owner, you're literally, I'm thinking all the time behind the scenes on like making sure I'm going to be able to keep the doors open for the next five, 10, 15, 20 years. Mm -hmm. And it's working with attorneys and accountants and business coaches. And there's so much behind the scenes that if I didn't have the experience that I have in education and the passion that I have for it, it would be really hard to then implement that stuff. Right. So um, I do feel so lucky in that regard that I'm able to do that. But I, I can see as salon owners that don't have that experience, how difficult that would be for them. So I have actually been working on developing some in-salon support for owners that want to provide an education curriculum and how to go about doing that. That's awesome. I was, I was hoping you were going to say that because, you know, one of my questions was going to be, you know, like, what is it that you're um, wanting to, you know, change or inspire Mm. um, in the industry? You know, like we love this and we loathe that, but like, what is it that we can do through our passion of, um, of having been in so many different arenas of our industry, you know, you taking what you have out into the world and giving it, I know you're all about giving back. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, there's so many opportunities for you as a result of your experience. And I do, I mean, I just feel so lucky that for me, it would be a disservice to not give back to our industry and to our community. So, it's a really good opportunity to just kind of show people what is possible. And, you know, I always think of my first boss and it's like, if I didn't know, you know, the, the opportunities that she had and, mm. you know, the goals that she set for herself. And if I had never seen somebody work like that, I wouldn't have, I don't think my mind ever would have been open to the possibilities that are out there in this industry. That's awesome. You're so fortunate, you know, and I, I think about these, you know, what's trendy now in comparison to, you know, when you and I were going into a salon and assisting, knowing that that was the pathway to success. You know, now these young hairdressers are being taught so much in beauty school, you know, these amazing schools that are pumping out hairdressers just constantly and with all this education and experience, but they're not getting that uh, mentorship that happens through apprenticeship assistance, being an assistant. Yeah. Um, you know, what they're losing um, going into just a, you know, straight into a solo situation or independent, you know, rental behind the chair. Yeah. You know, what would you say to someone who's, who's trying to make that decision right now? Um, I mean, I think it's kind of just like with every decision that I make is I, I tend to stay away from advice, but I think, Um, it's all just like fact finding, like just, you know, look at all the options, look at all your possibilities, um, and kind of map to what you want your life to look like or be like steps necessary to get there and, Mm -hmm. and you'll wind up in the right place for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, definitely a big choice to make. I mean, we think about how much time we spend with the people that we work with, you know, it's like a whole other family dynamic <laughs> yeah it's such a an important uh choice you know yeah um so I wanted to ask you just because I haven't had a, a chance to really pick your brain lately but like what's in your life you know pers- personally and professionally like do you feel like you've had some 
some revelations or a realization lately that's kind of shifted you in one direction or another? Well, I mean, I think with everything that I went through with selling my shares of the last business, I mean, my biggest realization was, and we've talked a lot about this, is just how important self-care is to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like before I had kids, I was so good about it. And I had a regular meditation practice and I worked out consistently and mm-hmm, you know, it was so right. easy. And it's like then kids and life and business and husbands and all these things. And it's like all of a sudden I have no time for myself. And then when I do take the time for myself, I feel guilty about it. And I think of all the other things that I should be doing and – so that kind of spiraled me out of control to where I did hit that point of like burnout and stress. And, and what that looked like for me was like, I had a pretty strong negative reaction to anything that happened in my life that I didn't feel like was going the way I wanted it to. Mm, wow. What a great so, perspective. And it was just, I mean, I had no idea at the time that that's what was going on. I just yeah. thought like, oh my god this is just too much stress I just didn't know and what I realized because I still have like the same stressors in my life today I still have the same kids the same husband the same rental property Hmm. the same you know financial stress the same not the same business a different business but a business owner and I still have my clients I still have all those things but what I've been able to do is create that space so that when these things do come up I don't have to react to them Mm mm-hmm And some of the biggest changes I've made is like when I see an email come through on my phone that could be like stress inducing or I could have a reaction to it's like I will take the time to like do a meditation before I read it or try and like be really objective about whatever is going on and not have these reactions because it's. I mean, the truth is this life stuff, if you're living life, that life stuff's going to happen. So how can I change so that I'm not having that reaction? So that's been like my biggest work, work in progress right now, I'd say. And how, how do you do with self-compassion when those opportunities, you know, aren't um, the response, but they are a reaction or if you don't handle things the way that you wish you should have, you know, could have. Well, I think, I mean, I used to be a lot higher on myself and I, you know, oh, I should do this and I should do that. And it's like, I'm really throwing out the shoulds and just like, okay, so like I had a bad day. I had a bad reaction. I was tired, Mm -hmm. you know, not excusing bad behavior, but like taking a look at it and like seeing like, okay, so I had this bad reaction today. Like, why did I do that? Was I tired? Did I not do the self-care? And then like how tomorrow am I going to... Make sure that I don't repeat that same pattern because the truth is I don't want to punish the people around me because I'm stressed or anxious or having a bad day. It's like, it's nobody's fault. And so I'm really like working on owning that and, and putting the processes in place to take care of myself so I don't have to act like that. And do you find that, you know, people just kind of know innately like there's a a different feeling about you a different energy about you and that everything shifts to a more comfortable pace like is it just a natural response to what you're doing for yourself do you see that yeah I do I feel like people just feel 
um, like safer around me almost Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. where before when I was just you know taking on all the stress and all the pressure and all that it was like people um I feel like unfortunately like maybe didn't know what reaction they were gonna get like Mm -hmm. sometimes I was like my true self and like supportive and loving but then sometimes like because I was so stressed I would snap or like be frustrated or whatever so Mm. I feel like now I have much more like consistency in my relationships and my like reactions to like stuff that comes at me wow well I think that's you know that's super grown up and what an amazing way to be able to go through life with other humans I mean it's just like you said you know when you're living life and you're doing um when you're involved too with so many different types of people constantly Mm -hmm. you know I I think about us as um hairdressers and the amount of you know like our ability to interact with so many different types of personalities. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, and how the diplomacy is, is really just like at our will, you know, we're capable of communicating and um, allowing people, you know, the, the freedom to kind of move in and out of our space. I mean, it's, it really takes a lot of emotional maturity and I think um, awareness, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I I don't know how long it takes to get there. I feel like I'm just getting there <sighs> in my, you know, my early 40s, mid 40s. Yeah. Yeah. But it's I mean, a lot of responsibility. Like <laughs> but yeah. 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 And I, I don't know that that's something, you know, that, that I definitely, you know, I really, I want to spend more time in beauty schools because, you know, I, I want people to remember um, that the process of, of taking someone through transformation is a lot of responsibility. Mm. You know, did you, did you have that idea when you started working with people, when you started to see the emotional connection they had to their hair and, and, you know, that first like time where a client was frustrated and didn't like what the outcome was and how did you handle it? Oh man, I can't think of anything like specifically, you know, I can't think of a specific situation, but like just a general like kind of feeling that I had about those situations Mm -hmm. was, you know, I would always kind of like deflect like, oh, well, she's crazy. Like she didn't like her hair. Like she's, that's her fault. Like she's crazy. (laughs) And it was actually like my husband, um, I'd be like, oh, this client complained about this, this and this. And like, for years, he'd be like, well, you're in the service industry. Like, mm. she paid to have a job done, and, like, she wasn't happy with it. So, like, it's your job to fix it. And I was, like, so pissed. Like, I was like, mm-hmm. no. Don't you understand what's going on here? Like, she is a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, what I realized, you know, years later is, like, yeah, she's – my job is to be of service and if like the service that I did isn't something that she's happy with like that's my fault I take responsibility 100% so um I mean I feel like so many people I had a hard time getting my head around that and so Mm -hmm. many people struggle with it and it's whether I did a beautiful job or not it's not my hair it's not on my head it doesn't have to make me happy it's not about me it's about them um So that's kind of my process with dealing with, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. 
the intuitive nature of knowing what someone wants when they don't know how to communicate it. Uh, so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah, it is. I, yeah. I, I, I do think, you know, going back to like kind of being like innately drawn to human relationship. Um, I think, you know, a lot of hairdressers who go into the, into the business have that. And, um, you know, it's, it's, there's a, a deeper sense of, of what's being said or, or the, you know, the body language of someone who's asking us for a transformation, you know, the being able to read in intuitively read into that, that deeper language mm. is, it's really, um, I think, a quality that hairdressers have that they don't even know, they don't yeah. realize, you know, that they're listening with this, this sixth sense. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I know that it's difficult to listen um, at that deeper level you know, when we're not um, doing the work, you know, whatever the work is in parentheses, you mm. know, doing the release writing, doing the meditation, taking the time to have the self-care that's necessary for us to make space for that person to really show up and get <sighs> to the bottom of what they want. Yes. Know? yes. Because, I mean, you know, the client that's flustered and they sit down in the chair and they're like, I just want to fucking cut it all off or mm -hmm. I want, I want to go blonde and they're mm -hmm. level three, you know? Yes. And, and, you know, to take the time to look at them and say, what's really going on with you? Yeah. You know, because, I mean, we know we're supposed to, we should have a BA in psychology if we're going to be cutting someone's hair. Really? <laughs> I mean, we really should. That's oh so true. Oh my gosh. There's yeah. so much more that goes into it, you know, yeah. and I, I love the conversations that we're all having on Instagram now and, and in these forums where we can really, you know, talk to each other about the fact that we're, um, undereducated when it comes to the energetic and, and mm. the, you know, psychological part of, of what we do behind the chair. Yeah. But, um, you know, what you have cultivated as a result of your experience um, is that ability to read between the lines mm. and, you know, not take someone into a, a drastic transformation that doesn't align with what's really going on inside of them. Yes. Yes. 100%. And I mean, that's the, that's the hard stuff is just figuring out where people are at when they come in and are they really available for this big transformation or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> wow. And when you think about your salon, like how, you know, I, I know there's, I, I have a wonderful small space where I invite my people in um, to have, you know, quiet, calm and self-care. And a lot of them have said, you know, God, I used to have such anxiety when I would go to the big salon with the music and all the people. And I would feel like I would need to dress up before I went to the salon. And, and I feel so much more relaxed here now and in this smaller space. And it's quiet, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, what is it about your space that makes people feel welcome and want to come in? Like, what have you cultivated in that? Just the energetics of your space and the aesthetics of your space. Um, I mean, I think... It's hard to like narrow down because I think there's a lot of pieces to it um, mm -hmm. that and just from like the feedback that I've gotten, I think one is just the people that we've hired. We hire right. happy people that are right. happy to be there and that appreciate their clients and treat them well and have respect for the people around them and so, I mean, that's the number one. It's the people in it because the space is what it is. If I had a bunch of people working there that didn't have the same values and didn't appreciate the same stuff, then 
it wouldn't have that same feeling. Right. Um, Great. And then I think the other piece of that is just the like, you know, we have essential oils going at the front desk. We have our salons light and bright and full of artwork. And it's, you know, my kind of like prayer for the salon is just Mm. that like people come in and feel inspired to do better than they think they could have before they got there. So it's like, Mm. I have a lot of professional clients and working moms and, you know, attorney clients and doctor clients and, and, you know, and I double and triple book. And instead of that being like an overwhelming Mm -hmm. process, it's Mm -hmm. more of a process of like connection so it's like connecting I mean I have women that come as friends and they come and they double book together and they're you know Mm. sharing kind of their life like successes and failures and it's just more about the connection than anything oh that's beautiful it's pretty fun it's pretty fun to watch for sure so going back to you know you it's got it. I'm going to take this to a little bit of a, like a sticky situation or a sticky yeah. question, but like, how do you not let your ego override when you take a you know step back and you look at that big picture and you see that big, beautiful salon with all those people pumping and thumping, doing their thing and being mm. happy and, and pumping out great hair. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you, how do you get, you know, a, a language that we use is, is called, how do you get right sized about that? I mean, I feel like with my last business, like they're definitely, you know, in the midst of like the success, I had definitely built some ego up about like, Mm. you know, look at this, like, look at this vision that I had and look at what I built. And, Mm -hmm. and that like created a lot of like negative feelings for me. Mm. so I think it's just having that experience and knowing that that's not the kind of person I want to be and that's not the story that I want to tell right and now I have this space that's like amazing and we get compliments all the time and you know it's great and I hear the feedback and it's this and that's that and it's like I'm so clear that it's not about me Mm. that like, I'm just the vessel and my job was like to create the space so that the people around me could thrive. Oh, that's great. Well, and and how beautiful, you know, it's like, I think that I have a different perspective than, than some people, you know, when we can look at the the past and see how it was a perfect path to our present. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, really be, and and I've, you know, it's one of the things I was going to ask you about, you know, that, um, the gratitude, you know, piece, like where you really, you know, cultivate the gratitude in a way that it shifts you in that moment where you can feel a total, you know, perspective change, uplifting feeling in the body, you know, the chemistry in the body actually changes. Like, what is it that, that you can get in gratitude for um, that helps you align with your, with your present situation? Um, I think, I mean, with the gratitude, it's like, I, I just like appreciate, you know, when I'm in a good place, (laughs) it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, all of like the little things, like I appreciate that there's even a space to go to. There's people that even want to go there, that we Mm. have towels, that we have water, like every little piece of that space is like when I'm, you know, practicing my gratitude is like something that I'm so appreciative for. Yeah. And like, 
for a day for you, when you think about all the different stuff that you have to do and all the different people that are coming to you during, you know, the process of, of, um, taking clients, double, triple booking, you know, having an assistant, having a manager, having a desk person, how do you feel like you kind of hold space and buffer yourself, um, when you've got so much coming at you all day long? Um, I think, well, my manager really is so good. Mm. And so there's really not a lot of stuff coming at me and we've developed cool. like systems where, you know, we have a roles and responsibilities chart. And so it's mm. like the stylists know who to go to for what, and they kind of Great. respect my space behind the chair when I'm there. So it's like, That's awesome. when I am there, I really do get to focus on my clients and then my coworkers, like when I'm behind the chair, like those are my coworkers. And so mm. it's just like, we're connecting as hairdressers and it's like, you know, kind of sharing the same struggles of like, oh, my client was late. Oh, my client wants to go blonde and I only have an hour, like all of that <laughs> stuff. So it's like, right. I really, I feel so lucky that I have like the space just to be a hairdresser. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it's really nice. <clears throat> and then my assistants are amazing. So that also helps. That definitely helps. Yeah. And and again, you know, it's that really um, the gratitude piece of being able to step back and have the perspective to see all of that, you know, just puts you immediately into gratitude. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, since we're talking, you know, really around the whole self-care burnout piece, um, obviously, when you see someone who who might be um, kind of slipping into that space, you know, it's 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 easy to see when we're in a good space. Yes. You know, when we have perspective, yes. we can see another coworker um, or employee or even friends, you know, mm. kind of slip into um, an uninspired, lower energy. You know, maybe they're not pumping out as great a work as they were the couple weeks before, mm-hmm. like. How do you approach somebody about that? Um, so I tend to like, I, I don't really, cause I try to like keep those judgments away of like, you know, whatever is going on with them or, but I just like, if I see someone that I feel like is maybe like struggling, I'm, I just like do little things. Like I'm like, do you need Sarah? Do you need my assistant to do a shampoo for you? Like Mm. I try and sweep for them. I try and like take the pressure off like the little things while they're there so that hopefully there's like a little more space for them to feel like they can be inspired and focus on their clients. And what, you know, if you think about like, if you were to give someone direction you know, or if you were to ask them a question like diplomatically saying, you know, is there anything that's going on at home or would you direct your salon manager to take care of that? Um, it's so hard because there are so many of us that like I do. So I just, I mean, I check in with people, you know, Mm -hmm. like, how are you? Like what's going on and like meet them where they are. Like if they want to have a deeper conversation, I'm available for it, but I'm not going to like, pry into what's really going on so I'm just kind of like I'm here if you need me Mm -hmm. I don't mind like having deep conversations and sharing some experience that could possibly help you but if you want to just come here and just work and not think about it like that's great too it's just kind of like meeting them where they are Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah 
Yeah, that's a hard one. I feel like, you know, as the relationship, you know, the family dynamic that we create in the salon because we're with each other so much, it's, uh-huh. it's hard to not get sucked into someone's personal life and feel like we need to rescue them, you know, and being, I, I think hair, all hairdressers are codependent. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's <laughs> such know? a common thread. Yeah. Oh gosh. And I, you know, I know part of our, our codependency is our empathy piece, you yes. know, where we're just so sensitive to what other people are feeling. It's hard mm. to not want to go in and rescue them, but um, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you, just little rituals that you have um, that you do for yourself throughout the day, or how do you start a day or how do you end your day when you've had a really rocking day and you've, you're just blasted from all the, the people in the work? Like, what do you do to let down? Um, okay. So I'm like lucky in the sense that I have um, a long commute. <laughs> <laughs> so my commute is like a little over an hour. So mm. um, in the morning um, when I'm driving in, I listen to like either like an inspirational podcast or like I love books on leadership. Mm-hmm. I'm like definitely wanting to be the best like leader I can be in the environment that we have. Um, or I'll listen to, you know, books on um, tape, anything that has to do with spirituality, sobriety, anything like that. So that's really what kind of gets me going in the morning. Um, and then I do take the time when I get there in the parking lot to do like a little prayer meditation that I can just kind of go in and and just be of service. Like, mm-hmm. that's it. It's just that simple. Um, and then at the end of the day, like kind of a crazy day, it's I really just um, use like that hour in the car to just kind of unwind and like think of all like the things that I'm grateful for throughout the day. And um, so it's nothing super formal at the end of the day. It's more just like kind of reflecting. Yeah, I think it's, it's really important. I mean, and you, you mentioned, um, you know, the, the recovery piece and and you and I are, are linked in that way. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to assist someone who may be using, um, other things, you know, besides meditation or breath or exercise, you know, if they're yes. using, um, you know, something in the evening after they're getting done with work to try to get that let down, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's such a powerful thing to be able to create that peaceful content feeling just by yourself yeah definitely and I know you know to to tell someone you don't have to to do it that way anymore it's it's difficult for them to say well but what am I going to do how am I going to you know allow for myself to to have that feeling Mm. yeah because it's you know we're holding space in such an intense way for such a long time with our our patrons, you know, <clears throat> I don't think people realize the amount of, uh, of energy, you know, and, and the stress involved, the anxiety that we're feeling. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it definitely, it does take, I think a physical bottom or a spiritual bottom and, and an emotional bottom in some way that kind of pushes us to make the changes necessary, you know, definitely to do something different. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I hope, you know, my, obviously my hope is that people, you know, listen to this and, and identify in in ways that they um, 
are living right now that that could have um you know substantial changes that that could be positive and negative you know obviously we're all trying to to be successful behind the chair but you know to the detriment of our our bodies our spiritual well-being our mental well-being you know and emotionally just absolutely drained at the end of the day yeah and how do we you know how do we find that harmony i talked to to kelly mason i did a podcast with her and she was talking about balance being, you know, just this, this unreachable, unattainable mm. goal. You yeah. Know, and this like, hard, it's really hard to um, constantly want that for yourself when it's just so out of reach and yeah. it starts to feel like a, you know, a, a shame, you know, you start to feel bad about it or whatever. But she mentioned having harmony instead of balance. And I really like that, you know, that we can, we can attune to a harmonic you know, level of energy that where we get to a better feeling, not, not necessarily a balance, you know, cause everything is just constantly changing so quickly. Oh, that does seem much easier to attain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Huh. Um, yeah. I think it's, you know, that balance with everything that's coming at us is a little bit more difficult to, to visualize but yeah the harmony of leave like even if things are out of balance like I can still feel okay I can still feel centered and harmonious and yeah 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 I like that a lot yeah um and how about like when you're dealing with clients who are coming in you know that are bringing their stuff with them you know how how do you approach them or how do you kind of change the conversation or shift them out of, you know, do you feel like you're a self-care advocate or do you just kind of share your experience in a way that, that might attune to them and, and give them an idea of something, you know, that they could do for themselves? I think, yeah, more the latter. I'm definitely, you know, I, I feel like if clients have stuff that's going on, it's like, if it's something that I can relate to just kind of sharing my experience of like, Oh, you know, I've had a similar situation and I know it can be hard for you. And I hope that you're getting support at home or through your friends or like whatever that support looks like. But I'm very open with like, you know, the fact that I like seek therapy and that I'm Mm -hmm. sober and um, that I meditate and I do yoga and I try to, you know, implement these like healthier activities in my life. So it's like, Mm -hmm. my hope is just that like, like, it's okay for you to unravel in my chair. And like, my hope is just that I can relate to you on a level that makes you feel like, okay, I'm gonna get through this. Mm, That's great. Yeah. That's really great. Yeah, it's definitely, um, I feel like there should be classes on on how to handle because I don't think, you know, they don't tell you what happens when you start to touch somebody's hair. <laughs> I know. You know? I know. It's people start telling you their secrets and mm-hmm. they start crying mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and how we, how we handle that has so much to do with how we're you know, handling our own lives and, and That's honoring, so you know, that space for that person. And because it's, it's like, they don't even know what's happening. <laughs> No, no, I why I'm not crying, at all. I don't know? know why I was fine before I got here. I mean, I yeah. remember my like favorite client and one of my favorite stories is I knew that she liked to drink Diet Coke. So like on my way to work in the morning, 
I drove through McDonald's. I got myself a Diet Coke. I got her a Diet Coke. And she came in. I'm like, oh, I got you a Diet Coke. It was, like, not not a big deal at all. And she totally started crying because, you know, she's, like, a mom of four. And her husband oh. works a lot. And she just is so burnt out and so tired. And she was like, I don't even know why I'm crying. And I was thinking, like, and at that time, like, I didn't have kids. But I was like, I know why you're crying. Like, because you're pulled in so many different directions. And, mm. like, it's like you just needed someone to think about one of your tiny little needs you know and like right like it was just a diet coke (laughs) (laughs) oh that's so awesome yeah and I'm sure you have many many stories like that as we all do yeah we're so lucky we are you know it's such an honor to to be with these people in such an intimate manner oh my goodness wow well I um I'm so appreciative of you giving so generously of your time to be here with me today and uh, sharing your experience with, uh, with the listeners who are going to tune in. Um, So cool. And if anyone wants to go check out Amber O'Hara hair or golden braid on Instagram, um, and also, I'd love to mention the um, House of Collaboration, which is yes. one of your little side projects that's really cool. I love it. It's so fun. Yeah. Very fun. Um, anything I forgot to mention? I think that's it. I'm just so grateful for you, and I'm happy for your listeners. I think they're so lucky to get a piece of you know your wisdom and love and courage and everything that you have to offer, so... I'm excited Thank for you, you so much. Me too. Thank oh, you. I'm happy that you're my first guest. Aww. Super exciting. Thank you. <laughs> so fun. All right, love. Well, oh. many blessings. Have a wonderful day at work. Thank and you. I will you talk too. to you soon. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Okay. Bye. Again, thank you for joining me for this episode of the India Down and Company podcast. If you have any questions about burnout and the beauty expert, please don't hesitate to email me, india at indiadun.com. And thank you, Amber, for joining us today. I'm looking forward to having other inspiring beauty experts speaking to you about their experiences from behind the chair, on the stage, and in the salon.